Podcast Profits from Nashville, Tennessee. I'm David Hooper. Also in Nashville, Jeff Sanders is with me. We have been podcasting. I've been doing it since 2005. Jeff, you came along a couple years later. We know podcasting. We've been through the highs, the lows, sticky middles, and we've seen the good, bad, and ugly. This podcast, Podcast Profits, it's really in honor of the new book by Dave Jackson. That book is called Profit From Your Podcast, Proven Strategies to Turn Listeners into a Livelihood. If you've ever heard Dave's podcast, School of Podcasting, you may be familiar with the clips that he plays on just about every episode because of my podcast stories. That's what he calls them. And we've got a lot of those here on this series. On this episode, we will be talking about niche marketing for podcasters. And there are a lot of ways to do it. Jeff, you know, we're in the entertainment industry when it comes to the podcasting work that we do. And something that I've always thought is really interesting is what a lot of these entertainers that we work with are doing when you don't see them. I call them secret gigs or Beyonce's bar mitzvah. Because you know, you can hire Beyonce to play a bar mitzvah. Not a lot of people are aware of this. You just have to have a lot of money. <laughs> of course. I'm going to mess this number up, but it was in the millions of dollars. That's the money that it took for Beyonce to play a bar mitzvah, but she did it. That's what it's like to have a niche. When you are a specialty person, when you're a celebrity, such as who you can become within your niche, thanks to your podcast, you can get that kind of money. And we've got an interesting story from a guy named Mike Huberty. He is in Wisconsin, also a musician, probably not playing bar mitzvahs for two or $10 million but he's doing really well with his music thanks to his podcast. Let's play that track. Hi, this is Mike Huberty from the See You on the Other Side podcast. It's a paranormal podcast where we talk about a different, strange, and unusual, or mysterious topic every week, and then we write a song about that topic. So we're already using our podcast to promote our band. Me and the co-host have been playing in the band together for a couple of decades now, and we always wrote songs that were a little weird. So this gives us a chance to talk about those topics that we're writing songs about. And then maybe people who might not just be interested in listening to the music can hear us talk about it, hear some interesting conversation, and then we present a song to them. And so get them into the band that way. It's been a really effective way of getting new people into the music. And we've also used that to perform at different paranormal conventions around the country. So much so that some people think of us as like the paranormal convention band. We started using the podcast as a way of introducing new people to our music and in the end developed a new audience for the music from it. That's one of those secret gigs that I'm talking about. Who would have thought that a paranormal convention has a band that's playing? But beyond that, who would have thought that in the paranormal genre, there is a superstar band just like Beyonce is for a lot of people in general. It's a crazy thing. It is a crazy thing. And one thing that I noticed right away that I thought was really interesting, besides the fact that you could hire a band at one of those events, was that they have a really creative way to integrate podcasting with 
their music. So I think that the behind the scenes stories are learning more about, you know, who these band members are, why they're producing this music, the things that they're interested in. You're getting to know the person behind the music, which then makes you want to then listen to the music itself. I think there's a really big opportunity to not just be an expert in your niche, but you do so by showing more of yourself and by integrating multiple mediums together and that their attempt to do that has been successful for them. And now that the go-to band in this, you know, tinier niche, I think it's a really incredible and creative way uh, to integrate your talents and interests together in a way that really works well for you. And I like what you said about showing people who you are as a person or getting connected to your audience. Your podcast is a perfect way to do that. When somebody has a connection, they are also willing to pay more money for whatever it is that they want. You've probably been through it, Jeff. Maybe you bought a house, you're house hunting, and you get really connected to that house. You're really attached to it. Like, I want that house. And you overpay on it, or you're going to do crazy deals just to make it happen. I've seen it with cars. I know I've done those things. And people, when they hear you on your podcast, they're more connected to you, not only from the topics that you're talking about, like with Mike, if you're into paranormal stuff, he's talking about that, but they also know him as a person. And even if there was somebody else coming to sing about paranormal stuff, they're going to want Mike because they know him. That's worth paying more for as well. Yeah, certainly. I know that I have, like you just mentioned, I've overpaid for things because I'm emotionally driven by whatever it is I'm buying. You know, maybe my house, but definitely a lot of podcast gear. You know, I'll, I'll pay full <laughs> retail price. I'll pay more than retail if I could get what I want. I think that's a really powerful connection you can have with your audience when you can find a way to connect with them so strongly that they are willing to, you know, fly across the country to see you at a live event. They're willing to buy your books the second they come out or pre-order them. Like they're so passionate about the work that you're doing that they want to be involved you know, and be first in line to do so. I think that that's the power of a really good niche and the power of mastering your niche by being the go-to person. You've been the go-to person for a while in the time management and the productivity genre, that niche. Talk about how you built that up and where you were before your podcast as opposed to where you are now, what your podcast has meant to that aspect of your business. Prior to podcasting, I had a small website with a blog, and my attempt at that point was really to find my own voice. I just wanted to talk about things that I was interested in, things I was personally curious about. So I was just blogging on random topics, personal stories, books that I had read, and my response to those. And then I realized I wanted to launch a show and take that to the next level and be able to connect in a different way. So when I added my show, it was a, another way for me to leverage my interests and skills, but on a bigger platform. And so I think that my kind of expertise in productivity really just came about through personal experience. And then I gained a lot more trust with my listeners through the podcast. And then they began to think of me as that guy because I kept talking about these same topics and teaching about these things I was going through and sharing personal stories. And the more that I did of that, the more sharing, the more content, the more of that that was out there in the world, the more my audience began to think of me as the go-to guy. Now, I'm just one of many at this point, but I think that my show has done well because I've continued that process right? every single week for seven and a half years and ongoing. I am the guy in some ways because I'm still here. Like I haven't quit yet. I think that there's, <laughs> there's a lot to be said about persistence. There's something to be said about that. Yeah. I mean, there is. I and mean, there's a lot of value in just still being around, but also still still providing value years later. And so I want to continue to be the guy years from now. And in order to do that, I have to keep learning. I have to keep experimenting. I have to keep you know, being in the game. And the more that I am, the more I can continue my brand from there. There's something about a podcast that I think 
makes it so easy for you to talk about what you do, in your case, time management, productivity, or from Mike, he talks about paranormal, but it also enables you to talk about other things, maybe even just a passing comment that you would think nothing of, but to certain listeners, they're really going to connect with that. One of those things could be, as I mentioned at the top of this episode, I said, we are from Nashville, Tennessee. So if you're from Nashville, you think, oh man, I wonder if I know those guys, or I wonder if I know people who know those guys, or do we go to the same place? It's what I call geographic rapport. Let's talk about that for a second. Mike has really taken advantage of this geographic rapport with building the business that he promotes through his podcast. Let's play this next clip from him. I run a haunted history tour business in several cities in the Midwest and then in Puerto Rico and Hawaii. People can listen to a conversation, a few ghost stories, maybe from those uh, areas where we have tours. And then at the end of it, you can say, well, if you are uh, you know, planning on visiting Maui, then make sure to check out this tour. Or if you're on vacation to Puerto Rico, you or you're going to a convention in Minneapolis, or you visit Milwaukee, uh, anything like that, then you say, hey, it's a haunted history tour if you're interested in these ghost stories. And so the podcast has been a good way to have a conversation about those stories, retell those stories in a fun way, and then that serves as an ad for the haunted history tour. You create interesting content, people are interested, that's a commercial for the other things you do. And especially if those things are related, it's a chance to find a new audience for your product, as well as having a good time talking about it. I'm going to listen to that out of curiosity. Well, for one, because being in the entertainment industry, Music Row means something to me. But being in Nashville, like I said earlier, knowing you're in Nashville, if I'm in Nashville, I'm going to start wondering, do I know this guy? Do I know people he knows? Are we going to the same place? I love it when they have Nashville on television, for example, and I can see the city. I click on HGTV. They're selling a house in Nashville. It's like, wait a minute, that's my neighborhood. It makes you feel so good and connect to that program in a different way. Even if you don't like HGTV, even if you don't like paranormal, this is something I think is way underutilized by podcasters is the local connection. We think that it's so great that we can put something online and go all around the world with it, we neglect the guys that are right next door to us that are really going to be interested in what we're doing. Well, I mean, you and I are part of a local Nashville podcasters meetup because we want to connect with other podcasters in the region. And I think to that same degree, I mean, even with the Nashville connection, let's go with that, uh, the show, TV show Nashville, uh, was recorded locally near my house one day. And I happened to see the film set and I was, you know, I saw some of the actors there. And it wasn't just like, well, here's a, a film set near my house. It was also like, this is a TV show called Nashville. It's about where I live. And I want to tell others about that now because there is that connection to where you live and you want to be a part of it and know others that are from your region. It just, there's a weird, just like natural, I don't know, it's tribalism or something. We want to be around others who are near us and we find that rapport just instantly. And I, I think it's an amazing thing. And like, I have a lot of love for Nashville just because I've been here for a while and not necessarily for any other reason. I think that we can really play on that in podcasting and really lean on that, that, that reality that we all want to connect with other people who happen to be around us. Let me tell you a story about a podcast that I produced. Small podcast, you not being in my neighborhood wouldn't even know about it. That's how small it was. But for the people in my neighborhood, it was important. And it has been the most profitable podcast I've ever done per listener 
ever, it had about 300 listeners. That's it. But 300 was a big percentage of the neighborhood. Let's say it's 25% of the neighborhood because I'm talking about just a few blocks. In my neighborhood, we've got a local music store. If you're a local restaurant, you're a grocery store, maybe you're a realtor, somebody doing business in the neighborhood, those people are very important to you. And from an advertising standpoint and from a listener standpoint, people are going to be more connected with a hyper-local podcast than even a local one. And a local one, even more than one that's regional. Regional more than national. National more than international. So I think that's something that podcasters would benefit by looking into if you're not doing a full podcast that has a local, local element, even doing specific episodes, it makes it easy to attract people. It also makes it easy to promote. You know exactly where to go when you need to promote that podcast and bring listeners in. I mean, an easy example of this is something most people have heard of at this point, which is the Next Door app, which for a lot of neighborhoods, that's what you lean on to kind of connect with your neighbors. I mean, my neighborhood has a Facebook group and it's very active because people here care about the neighborhood and they want to be able to talk about it. And if there was a podcast for the neighborhood, I guarantee you there'd be subscribers and a lot of passionate listeners because people care about where they live. And if you can really niche down like that and have that kind of direct connection with your listeners, I mean, there's an obvious connection. There's an obvious engagement that is much more difficult to pull off with, you know, a global brand, but very easy if everything really is hyper-local. Those are the people that are most engaged. They're not just kind of engaged. They're really engaged because they're living in it. We've got a third clip that we're going to play. This is hyper-engagement, and it's also a very geographic and regional thing. This is about the Iditarod you may be familiar with out of Alaska. It's a thousand mile race. This is something that most people have never experienced. We get a little snow in Nashville, not that kind of snow. You certainly don't see that in Florida, New Mexico, Arizona. It's a very regional thing. Yet the people who do care about it, who are in that region or know about it, they're super enthusiastic. And this is a great example of the power of podcasting and the connection to that community, what it meant for this podcaster. I'm Leslie Eiler Thompson. I'm a podcast producer and host in Nashville. One of the greatest things about podcasting is the ability to have conversations with people that you wouldn't normally have access to. And then amazing things can happen like this. I've been a fan of the Iditarod, which is the thousand mile dog sled race in Alaska since we did a mock race during gym class in elementary school. And I held on to my love of the activity into adulthood. And I've actually followed mushers and teams all along the way. And one of my favorite mushers is a guy named Lance Mackey. He's won the race four times in a row, which has never been done since or before. And two of these years, he actually won another thousand mile race mere weeks before the Iditarod started. And that's never been done before ever. And he did it twice in a row. All of this was done after he actually defeated throat cancer. So he has an amazing story, and I invited him onto my show, and amazingly, he agreed. And this was in April of 2018. So in March of 2019, I was watching the Iditarod festivities from my couch in Nashville, and I had this idea that I wanted to be at the race in 2020, but I wanted to do it in a way that was super memorable. So I reached out to Lance and his crew to see if there was any possibility of me hanging with them for that week. And amazingly, again, he agreed. 
So in March of 2020, I was in Alaska. I was a part of his race crew, running errands and making sure his kids were accounted for. And the morning of the official start, I was asked to stand at the front of the team with the lead dog and hold the gang line, which is what they're attached to, so that they don't take off. I was standing there in the middle of this dog yard, hundreds of dogs howling and barking and screaming to get on the Iditarod Trail, and I led the team of a dog sledding legend to the 2020 start line, all because of my podcast. I'm pretty sure that any podcast you would ever ask would ever think that would happen because of a podcast. I think it's a great example that shows really the possibilities are endless, but the foundation of it is connecting with people, shared experiences, like-minded attitudes. And when that happens, anything can happen. You know, I also find me interested in these examples of using podcasts as a way to leverage a brand or to make connections is the fact that, and we haven't really discussed this so far, but people tend to look up to others who are in kind of, I'll call it the broadcast space. So when you have a voice and you're willing to put that out there, people look up to you, they want to connect with you. There's this, this natural draw to want to be involved in whatever you're doing. So for Leslie to be able to put her voice out there and to make those connections, I think that we have this an innate kind of advantage at our disposal as podcasters to broadcast our message, to broadcast what we want in the world, and then others will be naturally drawn into that. And I find that also to be another just kind of angle we can work with uh, that allows us to kind of make another connection that's way outside of podcasting, but still provides incredible networking and opportunities that otherwise wouldn't exist. I'm curious if you've had any interesting experiences that are similar to this, something that happened to you because of your podcast that never in a million years you would have thought of when you started it. I mean, the first example off the top of my head is a book deal because I know that people will work for years, sometimes for decades, trying to get a publisher's attention, trying to get their book out into the world. And, you know, 18 months into my show, I got offered the chance to write a book. And then two years later, another publisher, an even bigger one, it was the same pitch to me. Hey, Jeff, do you want to write a book based on your show? And it was just, I could not imagine that those opportunities would exist because I was just publishing a weekly podcast. And yet I got the attention of the people who were looking for that to happen. And I just, I couldn't picture that that would be the path that I would take. I really thought that I would be like most other people who are trying to publish a book as you write a big proposal and you put this all this work together and you really put a direct effort in. And for some reason, I bypassed a huge part of that process. And I, I can only attribute that to the power of podcasting and being able to get your message out there in a way that will get someone else's attention and hopefully the right people for the things that you're looking for. And so for me, podcasting has that potential in so many ways. I mean, Leslie's Iditarod example is a great one. Uh, book publishing is another one. Speaking gigs are another. Coaching clients. I mean, the list can go on and on. And it's just amazing, once again, the, the power of podcasting. Podcasting pre-sells your audience on you. Leslie didn't have to convince this guy, hey, let me tag along. She was already an authority. She was interviewing people. She had interviewed him. Same goes for clients. You and I, Jeff, we have an easier job of selling clients and making money and getting more money from those clients because people know us. They hear our personality. They hear the work that we've done because we're in the podcasting business. It's really a great opportunity for people who are making money. Sometimes it's not directly from your podcast, but a lot of the money podcasters make, it's because of your podcast. With that said, 
one of the things that I think keeps people from podcasting is they go to a podcast directory or Google and you search for your topic and then podcast. You see other podcasts are already out there or people with more experience doing a podcast. You think, oh, I'll never compete with that. Are there too many podcasts? Maybe, but maybe not. And that is the topic that we are going to talk about on our next episode. Are there too many podcasts? How can you fit into the podcasting space? How can you make money? How can you have these experiences? That is coming up on the next episode of Podcast Profits. If you haven't already done so, subscribe. Make sure you don't miss an episode. You can do that wherever you get your podcast. And also remember to pick up the book from Dave Jackson. He's got this thing laid out in book format. Profit from your podcast, proven strategies to turn listeners into a livelihood. That is available wherever books are sold. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next episode of Podcast Profit.